seven strangers, does that not make you a serial killer? I didn't kill them every day, did I? Did I go out there every day and say, hmm, I'm going to kill them? If I did, there well, would be hundreds. Well, no, it took you 12 months. Then he rings up Rex again, and that's when I looked at him and I started laughing. If I had shot my own children, would I not have done a good job of it? Because, you know, first of all, women generally don't commit crimes this heinous. Right. Uh, you know, this is usually the domain of men. That's unfortunate. Hi, Gabe. Hey, Danny. How are you doing? Pretty good. Looking forward to hearing this crazy story of yours. It's not crazy. I said I'm going crazy. Uh, tomato, tomato. Okay. So the other day I was near Gabe's house with some friends and that was on a Friday. And then Tuesday I was at work and I was like, where the heck are my headphones? Because they weren't where I thought they were in my pocket of my jacket. And I look on the little like find your headphone thing and yeah. it was like, oh, they're in the place that you were on Friday night. And I was like, oh, no, that actually makes sense because they were in my jacket pocket. I had given my jacket to Kobe and he was swinging it around. It was a whole thing. I was like, shoot, this is my third pair of headphones. <laughs> I can't buy more. It was really embarrassing. And then Gabe, being the awesome friend he is went and looked where they were on my phone, like it said where they were, and they weren't there. And I also emptied my purse, looked at my jacket, like I emptied my purse. My coworker was there, she saw, she also checked the find my phone thing and she was like, yeah, they're in Santa Barbara. And then on, I don't know what day it was, I texted you, I said I was going crazy. I opened my purse, they're there on top, sitting on top of my wallet. Did Kobe take them and then find them? No, Kobe literally bought me a new pair because I was so upset. Wait, so so that wasn't the new pair though? No. So where did they come from? That's the, the I'm, am I going crazy? Because there's no explanation. I got a little notification on my phone. It was like, your iPhones have been found. And I was like, what the freak? And they're in my purse. It's like, I have a screenshot of the, you, your iPhones are nearby. You might have a stalker. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Am I going crazy? Here's Okay, so here's what I thought was going to have happened. Okay. That you you did have them here. They died. And so the blue, the signal they had was last recorded here. Mm-hmm. So when you used your app, it was going to tell you the last location when, when they were live. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen that she goes home and she finds them somewhere at her house. And you know they were they're, they're dead, so the last signal was was nearby. Right. For you to find them on top of your stuff. Right after I'd already looked in there, and yeah. for that little notification, they had like eighty percent charge. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird, and I'm like I'm going crazy. Some I don't know. Did you tell your coworkers you had lost them? Yeah, they were helping me look. Okay, one of them must have at least found them and then put them back in your stuff. And then didn't say it? I don't know. That or you have a gas leak in your home. <laughs> Carbon monoxide. Yeah. <laughs> and It's like there is a glitch in the matrix. I, I find it more likely that someone had taken them by accident, was too embarrassed to tell you, and then just, and then just like put them gently back in your stuff. <laughs> And was like, and that's something we'll never talk about again. Maybe. You know, that makes the most sense. Yeah. But 
It is weird. Or a carbon monoxide leak in your house. Or that. Yeah, that's possible. You know oh, that. we have the little detector, though. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that mystery got solved. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I, I looked in the planters in the, uh, down that street and in the 7-Eleven. My money initially was, oh, someone at the 7-Eleven has them. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we can get them to ring, we'll, like, find out where they are. Yeah. But I didn't know Apple doesn't let you ring them unless you're close by. That seems like kind of a crappy system, but whatever. I agree. Yeah. Uh, super weird. Anyways, that's why I think I'm going crazy. Other than that, all good. Yeah. Ish. <laughs> no complaints? No. Well, I had to give up energy drinks. But other good. Than that- <laughs> wait, wait, why had to? They were giving me these super bad anxiety attacks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's that uh, although to be fair i'm not sure if the anxiety attacks were from the energy drinks or from like socializing too much and not having any time alone uh, because um it could have been either well certainly one exacerbates the other right it could have been yeah compounded right both of those things well so. i'm glad you're switching to green tea i down like six of these a day <laughs> and it's how i handle my work-related stresses yeah. Well, we'll see if it works. Anyways, how are you? Can't complain. I, I quit one of my three jobs. Which one? The one with the, the National Wine Club. I thought you quit that one like ages ago. I did. And then they went through two people. And then when I left the agency I worked for, the one that basically poached me from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I left that agency, they contacted me a few months later because we, we stayed in touch. We occasionally chat- chatted. They told me like, hey, you know, it's the holidays. We've gone through two people. They are not as good as you. And they were full-time when you, while you were only part-time while you were working here. Mm-hmm. Please come back. And so I did. And I was, I've been with them for another year. And I just put in my two weeks. Nothing really against them. I just, I have too many things happening, too much work on my plate. And I don't really need the extra work. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. Because obviously I, I have goals to like, maybe buy, buy property in the not too distant future, mm-hmm. but it's certainly not worth working 60 hour weeks. No. Like, Look at you doing that work-life balance. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll go down to like 50 hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a business to run on top of my corporate job. Yeah. Grinding. Yeah. That's what it takes. Yeah. I- uh, so what we're doing for our wedding, oh my fuck, we just ordered our save the dates and I spent literally hours getting addresses from everybody mm-hmm. and because a lot of my friends aren't like you and they're very difficult to get an answer from and i entered all the addresses and they're supposed to print on the envelope supposed to be super easy you just send them all out right yeah i forgot to click add the address so now i have to handwrite them all oh and no. i've contacted customer service i tried canceling like oh wait how did we get here Oh, anyways, so honey, <laughs> so we're doing a one-week honeymoon. Yeah. Uh, just like a short one, and then when we can afford to, we want to do like a bigger one. Uh, Canada you- is on the option list. No. <laughs> no. I love Canada. It's Danny, beautiful. I've been to like 11 countries, and th- this isn't like number 11 is like crappy. I'm just saying like, you know, in terms of like great to like... St- so pretty good. Have you been to Tim Hortons? I have. Yeah. I have spent some time in Canada. 
Uh, Tim Hortons uh, is great. I even have a family in Canada. The donut holes, the glazed one's so good. No, no, it's been like seven years since oh, I've gone. It's been longer for me. I was like 16 when we went. Yeah. yeah. Or 18, <laughs> I think, actually. But Canada is like second to the bottom on my list. That is wild. You would have a great time in Scotland. We can't. It's have, only a week. Scotland's probably going to be in the bigger one. We're just going to travel. Even like a week. We can really not like expand it a little bit. Week and a half. I mean, it's going to have weekend days, so it'll be like five, six, seven, nine days. Because that's like, that's a really nice time of the year to go to Scotland. But it's also really expensive. Even this far out, the tickets and stuff? They're like thirteen to 1500 You can ask for cash gifts. Yeah, we're asking for cash for our roof. Screw the roof. <laughs> no, it is about to cave in. We need to like... <laughs> so anyways, yeah. uh, Canada and Hawaii are on the list currently. So is Alaska. Oh, I would sooner do Alaska. Alaska is on the list. Um, it is apparently during the time you can see the Northern Lights, but not super in that time. So, yeah, I would see. Yeah, again, nothing against Canada. There's just a lot of like really cool places you could go to, like Canada, like Scotland, like Canada, or Portugal. <laughs> We'll see. Or Germany. They have a lot of castles and nature. It's one week. And literally the point of it is to not spend a lot of money. Then Thailand is cheaper. Yeah. The the only part that gets you in Thailand is is the flights. Once oh, you're is there. Expensive? Oh my once you're yeah, yeah. Well you can you can maybe swing like a thousand dollars economy. Okay. Per person. Yeah. Sometimes cheaper if you get really lucky. Mm-hmm. But so it's not it's not terrible. But then when you're there between the both of you, you would spend like under a grand yeah. easily and have great food and like see cool stuff. Yeah, we'll see. So like I personally would pick Thailand, but that's also the r- rainy season. Mm-hmm. That- I'm doing my bachelorette in Seattle. Well, hash- what's it called? Bachelorette, like yeah. sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with air quotes. There you go. That's what they're called, air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean that could be fun. There's a lot. You don't eat fish, do you? Uh no. What What do you eat? <laughs> Vegetables, lentils, legumes, beans, <laughs> um, tofu, eggs, which are a hot commodity right now. So that's a pain. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, Seattle has great sushi. I eat sushi. I just eat veggie rolls that taste the same everywhere. <laughs> but <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I have a friend who lives in Seattle and he's like legit planning the whole thing at this point. So there, he was never invited by the way. Oh, so he's coming now. He, he wasn't invited. I told him I was going to Seattle and he's like, here's your itinerary. I'll pick you up from the airport. That's cool. And I'm like, okay, actually. Yeah. He's really great. So it'll be fun. What, what, what will you be doing? I don't know. He's, he sent me a ton of stuff. I don't know what half of it is. Fair. Yeah. Uh, I say ditch the space needle if it's on there. It is on there because the person I'm going with has never been and she really wants to go. And I'm like... It's overpriced and it's not that high. You have to pay? Yeah. What? Yeah. How much is it? Oof, when I went there, it was like, there were like 30 or 40 bucks. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. Bye. You have to pay? Yeah. Unless they somehow change it. Maybe I was there during the peak holiday season. Oh, that's stupid. I don't know if I'll go up then. I'll yeah. look at it. I'll be like, it's a beautiful building. I can appreciate the architecture. But <laughs> even then, it's a needle. Yeah, yeah. So general space needle tickets range in price from twenty four fifty to thirty seven fifty, depending on age. I'm telling you, I was there. I can pretend to be under whatever that age 
bracket is? I think it would still be 2450. That's wild. Cuz I, I, I was nearby to see the, like the price of a dinner. Yeah. To go up on the space needle. Yes. That's not even the highest building anymore. Yes. Which is why I did not do it when I was there. I, I was right next to it. Yeah, I probably won't do it. Yeah. I'll Walked right up to it. And I was like, "Oh, no, not doing no." I'll no. let my friend do it though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a restaurant up there you could go. Like they, they get you coming and going. They're, they're basically charging you an entry fee for the restaurant up there. Wow. I bet the restaurant is super overpriced too. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. So you're, you're going to spend a hundred bucks probably because you'll be there. You'll be like, well, we might as well get some food while we're up here so we can actually enjoy the view. Mm-hmm. And then you'll spend a hundred bucks on that alone. Well, thanks, Gabe. That's, that's, <laughs> that's great. At least I'm prepared now. Yeah. The Mexican food is trash. I, we probably won't get Mexican. Yeah, I don't. don't. We live here and it's pretty yeah. good. Get Indian. Oh, get sushi. I've been on such an Indian food kick. Yeah. Delicious. Okay. Indian food. I was talking to someone in France about this. I was like, I love how no matter where in the world I go, I can always find good Indian food. <laughs> that is not the case for a lot of other cuisines. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had good Indian food in Mexico, in the UK. In Europe, uh, by Europe, I mean not the UK because they're out of it. Brexit, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. But you try like, man, you try Thai food in France, be prepared to be disappointed. Yeah. I mean, Thai food's very, I don't know how to describe it. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But easy to mess up. Yes. Toby and I know because we've tried to make it. I learned this some time ago that uh, a big export from thailand is actually thai chefs huh. and they so a lot of the thai restaurants you get in places the good the good ones yeah and it'd be have actual chefs trained in thailand who who are like it's like a thing they export chefs yeah to other countries the restaurant we go to the woman who cooks is from thailand yeah that's why that thai place near uh, one of our one of the hometowns around here yeah is uh, is like pretty good they go back to Thailand and they close for like a couple months every year. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Should we get yeah, we, to we the should, murder? We should probably get to the the, mur- the real reason everyone's tuned in. Yes. Unless, I don't know. I would love to see like analytics as to when people drop off. Or if they just fast forward. They're like, yeah, we don't like, want to uh, hear you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care about your personal lives. Yeah. I mean, who would? They're pretty boring. Okay. Yeah. You ready? Yep. So today... We are talking about Stella Marine Nickel, or Nickel. Sounds like an alias either way. It's, yeah, it's not. Okay, <laughs> so Stella was born in Colton, Oregon, and she grew up poor. She was pregnant by the age of 16. She gave birth to a daughter named Cynthia. There's not much about the baby daddy. Wasn't in the picture. She ended up moving to Southern California where she met a man. She married him and she had a second daughter. During this time, she got in trouble with the law for things like being convicted of fraud, beating her daughter with a curtain rod, and a conviction for forgery. What was her name again? Stella Marine, what was it? Nick, Nickel? Nickel? N I C K E L L. Nicole? I don't know. Nicole? (laughs) So, um, she served six months for fraud and forgery and had to go to counseling for the child abuse charge, which 
I feel like you should also serve prison time for that. But well, it depends. I mean, you want that to happen, but if that's like the person's primary caregiver, like oh, that's a good point. You know, yeah, because then they'll end up in the system. Yeah, which is very hit or miss. Yeah. Well, in all of this happened between 68 to like 71, and then she served prison time for six months. And then in 1974, she met a man named Bruce. And Buffer? No, Bruce Nickel. Nickel. Oh, hence her name. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> he was a, uh, if you, do you want her maiden name? Do you care? Yeah. These women shouldn't be defined by their partner's names. So she was born Stella Maudine's. Stephenson. Did I say Marine? M-A-U-D-I-N. Oh. I was seeing it with an R because that's um a relative's name. <laughs> oh, Maudine Nickel. Yes. <laughs> Maudine. That sounds pretty... I don't know. Anyways, okay. Yeah. So, she met Bruce. He was a heavy equipment operator and very much indulged in drinking, which is like a great combo. Go hand in hand. Yeah. So they got married in 76, two years after meeting, and they were married for 12 years. During that 12 years, Bruce ended up going to rehab and working on his drinking issue. And Stella did not like this because it impacted her lifestyle as well. One of her favorite things was going out and drinking. And, you know, it's harder when you don't have a partner who... Uh, what's the word? Like when you, well, like takes part in your vice yeah you like encourage each other you know i see it's like a negative circle of well it's like a negative feedback loop maybe there you go yeah so also he's a quitter and like she doesn't like quitters we like that kind of quitter <laughs> so she supposedly turned to not supposedly she did she turned to home aquariums as her new hobby like fish and but like from drinking to home aquari home aquariums yeah which you might be like, what? But that happened to Kobe. He didn't go from drinking. Kobe just like <laughs> randomly one day on, I think on YouTube, like got into aquariums and now he has like a fish tank and he built like a pond with fish in it. So on June 5th, 1986, this is 10 years after they got married, 12 years after they met, um, Bruce came home and at this time they lived in Auburn, Washington. And he came home with a headache. He took four extra strength Excedrin. And according to Stella, he uh, went out onto the porch to look at some birds, as one does. And he collapsed minutes after taking the Excedrin. He died shortly after and was not able to be revived. And his death was ruled as natural causes. And it was cited as emphysema which is like when the air sacs in your lungs are damaged. I didn't really look too much into it because the pictures were really gross. That doesn't really sound natural either. Emphysema? Well, yeah, for it to get ruled a natural death. How old was he? 50s? Seems quite young. But he was young. also an alcoholic. They die pretty... Yeah, but he hasn't, hasn't he stopped? Not for long. I think research... Ah, crap. I, see, I wish I... Uh... I think I just read the abstract of a paper showing that like relatively quickly you undo a lot of damage from alcoholism. Well, not, you know, wait, hold these thoughts. Okay. We're going to come back to them. All right. So 
on June 11th, 1986. So this is, he died on June 5th. This is June 11th. That's five days yes. later. There we go. Susan Snow, a 40-year-old woman, she took two extra strength Excedrin for a headache. Her husband, Paul Webkin, all took two from the same bottle for his arthritis, and he left for work. At 6.30 a.m., Susan's 15-year-old daughter found Susan collapsed on the floor of her bathroom. Paramedics came, but she died later that day. One sec. I might need to rewind there. I think I missed something. Oh, I switched. Whole different couple, whole different house. Um, Got it. Susan takes two Excedrin. Her husband takes two Excedrin. Was it like, can you set the stage? Was it like a different city, a different... It's in in the same area of Washington. Got it. So so while Bruce, right, Mm -hmm. just died. Yes. So while Bruce is dying... Bruce is dead. Bruce has been dead for six days. Okay, so Bruce dies, and then six days later, in the same city... Around the same city. Around the same city, you have this totally separate family. Yes. And the mother Uh collapses. She also took Excedrin. So paramedics came, but she dies. She's pronounced dead later that day. And during the autopsy, the assistant medical examiner smelled bitter almonds. And as many of you may know... Yep. The distinctive smell of bitter almonds means... Cyanide. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So it's ruled, you know, murder. They test for cyanide. It's positive. And so they go and they take the bottle of extra strength Excedrin that she had taken. And of the remaining capsules, three of them were laced with cyanide in toxic doses. Wow. So the husband survived he didn't take any of the cyanide ones she did and she died talk about like some morbid version of i guess russian really is morbid but wow that really seems like every time they reach into that pill bottle they they were flipping a coin yeah i would yeah can you imagine being the husband though and like having to live with that survivor's guilt absolutely it's yeah so anyways, another tainted bottle from the same lot, you know how they have like the lot numbers on them? Yeah. Was found in a grocery store in Kent, Washington. So these are all very near each other places. The manufacturers of the Excedrin did a huge recall of uh, Excedrin products in the Washington area and a group of drug companies actually came together and put together a $300,000 reward for any information. Uh, On June 19th, after all of this publicity about Susan Snow and the Excedrin and recalls and all this, uh, Stella, Bruce's wife, you can remember that by Stella. Yeah. Do you remember that movie? No, but I think of uh, Stella from How I Met Your Mother. There's a Stella? Yeah, he dates Stella, played by Sarah Chalk, who plays... um, Oh, the blonde. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and... um, Elliot in in Scrubs. Yeah, there you go. Okay. (laughs) Stella. So Stella comes forward, Bruce's wife. She tells police how her husband has died recently, and it was quite sudden. After he took pills from an Excedrin bottle with the same lot number as the one that Susan took pills from. So she's like, I don't think he died of emphysema. It doesn't make any sense. I think it was these pills. That makes more sense. So tests were done. Bruce was exhumed. It was confirmed that he did die by cyanide poisoning. 
So Stella turns over over uh, two bottles of the Excedrin that she had at her house, and she turns it over to the police. And while those were being tested, both Stella and Paul, so Paul's Susan Snow's husband, so both Stella and Paul file a wrongful death lawsuit against Bristol Myers, the manufacturer of Excedrin, and the FDA inspection plant where that law had been packaged. But okay. Stay with me here. On June 18th is when Bristol Myers originally recalled all the capsules in the US. A day before Susan Snow died on the 11th. The 19th is when Stella comes forward and is like, I think my husband died by the same way. Because June 18th is when all of this like goes public. Not public, but it goes like viral. I see. Because Bristol Myers is recalling a bunch of all the capsules and they sent out a massive recall notice and had all the stores pull them from the shelves. And then two days later, they pull like even more medication off the shelves just in case. And then on June 24th, another uh, cyanide contaminated bottle was found at the same store where Susan had bought hers. So on the 27th of June, the state of Washington put a 90-day ban on the sale of non-prescription medication capsules. Makes sense. Isn't that wild? Like, they must have lost so much money. Yeah. uh, I I do like how quickly they responded. Yeah. You you can't handle this any other way. Even from, like, a purely profit-driven point of view, the longer you let people... I mean, this is hurting your brand. This is hurting your product. You have to spend, uh, really spend as much money as possible to, to salvage what mm-hmm. you can. Yeah. Because like we've heard, right, of like companies, what was it with like, with like Firestone Tires, right? That's like the big example of like corporate greed. What happened? Where I'll save it for the end so we don't go too far off uh, into a tangent here. Okay, don't forget, write it down. So um, the FBI crime lab found that in addition to the cyanide powder and the pills, there was another substance in the poisoned capsules. I guess I should say capsules. It was green flecks of an unknown substance. And tests later showed that it was an algae side found to be used in home aquariums. This one specifically is sold under the brand name Algae Destroyer. Weird, right? Very. (laughs) So they were able to rule out contamination of the Excedrin at the source of it being made, like in the factories. Um, They began to look into product tampering. And at the time, Excedrin was in plastic bottles and then they had those like foil seals. And then over the lid, they had like, you know, the plastic wrap that you, is a pain in the ass to tear off. Okay, so there wasn't like like a cap there was a cap. Oh, okay. So it goes, how it do you goes, not know this? It goes foil, cap, plastic. There you go. Got it. Yeah. And now I think they're all sold in boxes. Oh, like from the manufacturer Nowadays. to the store? Yes, yes, yes. Right? Everything oh, I've bought lately has been in boxes. Got it. Um, well, not not the big ones. You go to like Costco and you buy the big pill bottles. They're not in boxes. Really? Yeah. You still get them... Uh, just the bottles. I don't go to Costco that often. You're missing out. I know I am. 
let me tell you, they're freaking expensive at CVS. Yeah. So, anyways, Paul and Stella are asked to take polygraph tests at this point, and Paul's like, okay, I'll do it, but I'm also going to be very open about how the FBI has been treating me, which is like badly. And that's fair. fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Stella declines the polygraph and she says she's too shaken up to deal with that. And like also fair, but. And the smart choice. Yeah. For those of you listening, if you ever commit a crime and you're guilty, don't take the polygraph. Okay. But what if you don't commit it and you're not guilty? Still don't, still don't take the polygraph. But then it makes you look guilty. But you failing a polygraph, which you might just because you're anxious will make you look far worse than not doing it. I 100% would be like, yeah, I'll take it, even if I was guilty. Really? Just because I have no ability to say no. Then, you know what? I will I will make one slight addendum. Yeah. If you think you can keep your cool and you're guilty, take the polygraph. If it's BS, have your lawyer's, lawyer or yourself cite all the research showing it's basically bunk. But if it shows you're being truthful, even though you're not, then you can be like, how could I be lying? The polygraph said it was true. No, I'd be in a situation where they're like, will you take a polygraph if I committed the crime? And I'd be like, panic. And I'd say yes. And then it would be like, oh, this polygraph shows that you did it. And I'd be like, I did. <laughs> you would just confess? Yeah. Uh, my panic is so bad. <laughs> like, I make the stupidest decision. Once I was delivering flowers for... Christmas, we get flowers to like architects and stuff for my work. And this place had no parking lot and there was no parking. And I was super stressed out and my GPS is usually wrong. I was just like, I can't do this. I just left. I was like, I'm not delivering this. So, <laughs> you yeah, know. Well, uh, it's a good it's thing okay. you don't they commit crimes. It's okay. They got delivered. Don't oh, worry. Okay. Yeah. It's a good thing you don't commit crimes. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, it turns out that both bottles that Stella had at home, she gave over two, mm -hmm. both of them had cyanide, even though she says she bought them at different times and different locations. So, super sketch or just super bad luck? Can, can you recap why that is indicative of something suspicious? Because as of now, there has only been four bottles found. There's the one that Susan had, the one that was also found in Susan's store where she had originally bought her bottle. Mm -hmm. And then the two that Stella has that she says she bought at two different locations in two different times. It's just weird. It's like, how do you have 50% of the bottles found when you went to different stores at different times and no other bottles have been, you know what I mean? Oh, no, I'm sorry. A total of five bottles have been found at this point, not four. Got it. And two of those were in Stella's house. It's weird. Okay, well, they start to look into her a little bit because of all of the things. They don't know. I don't think they know about the algae yet, but they know about her having two bottles and she also wouldn't take the polygraph. So they look into her a little bit more and they find out that she has taken out three life insurance policies. <laughs> okay, that's weird. <laughs> that's damning. <laughs> Okay, but like at the same time, it's like, well, then why would she like come back and be like, this wasn't a natural death, right? Well, let me tell you why. And so of those three, they pay out seven, like it was between 70 and $80,000. Okay. 
but she gets an additional payout of $100,000 if the death is ruled accidental and not natural. So, agreed. So, <laughs> she had even been trying to get her husband's death ruled not natural before Susan had died. Remember, there was that six days? Yeah. And it was found that two signatures on the life insurance policies had likely been forged. You know, okay, so now she did it, but... <laughs> and this is where my disappointment comes in. I think it was a smart strategy in terms of the method, but she's screwing this all up. Like, <laughs> how do you have this, like, spark of, like, a pretty good idea? Like, she could have gotten away with this. She could have, and she could have gotten that seventy to $80,000 and been off scot-free. Yep. And, and now I'm like, why, why are you like fumbling the ball? Yeah. Right at, right at the, the line. I know. Well, okay. So then at this point, investigators, investigators also found that Stella had purchased the same brand of algae destroyer that was mixed with the cyanide pills. So they kind of start to like zone in on her real hard. And yeah. at this point, she consents to a polygraph because... That's what you do at this point. She's already screwing up something. I don't know. I mean, no, because if, if you're guilty, your best play at this point with that much circumstantial evidence is to try and get that to say your truth. You're being truthful. Well, she quickly failed. Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, finding the evidence that Stella had actually purchased the cyanide was more difficult. Um... And in November, so all of this happened in June, but in November of 1986 is when she failed the polygraph test. And then in January, this is just to show how long this process took. In yeah. January of 87 is when they actually had a breakthrough because Stella's daughter, Cynthia, comes to the police and tells them how Stella would talk about how she wanted her husband dead. She apparently, uh, Stella had a thought that her husband Bruce had become boring since becoming sober. He wanted to stay in. He didn't go out drinking. He went onto his porch and watched birds, that kind of thing. So. What a monster. <laughs> Cynthia said that Stella had previously tried to poison her husband, but failed and turned to like researching at a local library when she found out about cyanide. So, detectives pull library records and those show that she had checked out books such as Human Poisonings from Native and Cultivated Plants and Deadly Harvest. <laughs> and they took those books and they fingerprinted them and on the cyanide section of these books, they found many of her fingerprints. <laughs> and on December 9th, 1987... She was indicted on five counts of produce product tampering, including two that resulted in deaths, and she was arrested. She was found guilty of all charges on May 9th. She was sentenced to two 90-year terms for the two deaths, and then three 10-year terms for the other three bottles. All of these sentences ran concurrently, so together. Um, and she had to give her remaining assets to the families of her victims. It seems like her daughter got most of it, though. And she continued to say, her daughter Cynthia, 
She continued to say she's innocent and she keeps trying to get a mistrial and so far all her appeals have been denied. <laughs> so after the 1982 Tylenol murders, which is when seven, this was in 19, when was it? I literally just looked it up. I want to say 1982. Yeah, you just said 1982. Oh, did I? Yeah. Okay. Well, seven people died uh, due to tampering of Tylenol. And it was this huge thing. It costs a ton of money. It's a cold case now. But it created new FDA regulations that made it a federal crime to tamper with products, like consumer products, instead of just wherever it was done, you know? So because of that, you can be tried by the state and federally for tampering, which is what happened to Stella. But then you can also be tried for the murders that happened due to your tampering separately, which can still happen with Stella. So say like she does manage to get a mistrial and gets out, yeah. she'll be tried for the murder. Yep. So then she'd go right back in. So uh, she's the first person to be found guilty of violating the Federal Anti-Tampering Act that was released after the Tylenol murder. And it's kind of ironic because she tampered with the same thing, Tylenol. Yeah. And so it wasn't even her idea. Never mind. She's not she's not smart. I <laughs> oh, no, this back. was not her idea. It's fully from the Tylenol. She's a murders. copycat. Yeah, she's that's a all, copycat. That's all, that's all it is. She's a copycat. Yeah. Except the other person got away with it. Making, yeah. So. All right. Whew. That's a lot of talking there. Well, thank you for the story. I'm ultimately disappointed with with Stella more so than I usually am. With she literally got away with it. Yeah, like Bruce, poor guy, seems like he was bettering himself. Yeah. Quit drinking at least as much. I'm not sure there, but yeah, had a cool new hobby. Mm -hmm. Was enjoying enjoying life, feeling better. Yeah, you want to hear the stupidest part? They think that the uh, algae got mixed or the algae destroyer got mixed in with the cyanide because she didn't wash her pill crushing machine and she used it for both things so yeah. i was gonna ask like why would she have mixed because she didn't wash her stupid pill crusher i don't anyways what's what's the fire stone tire thing yeah let now me... i'm super curious let me pull that up again okay here we go so the firestone tire situation has its own uh history but what actually came to mind was the the ford pinto which uh, was a car that was uh, considered a uh, death trap <laughs> in the 70s uh, and, and early 80s the in the allegedly if the car was rear-ended the doors would jam shut and the gas tank in the back was liable to explode Ooh. making it you know, a death trap. Right. So what happened is Ford was aware of this. Yeah. And uh, and then the now infamous the, the Pinto memo was released in which Ford had essentially calculated that it would be cheaper to pay off, like based on accident rates, to pay off settlements than it would be to recall the Ford Pinto. So they went that route. So. Oh, my gosh. So here's here's the summary, right? Okay. The cost of recalling the Pinto would have been 121 million, whereas paying off the victims would have only cost Ford 50 million. Hence the decision to not recall the Pinto. Okay, but then how much did they get sued for? 
The jury awarded plaintiffs $127.8 million in damages, the largest ever in U.S. product liability and personal injury cases. So Ford's estimate was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, because of that lawsuit, the Ford, recall, recalling the Ford Pinto would have been $121 million, and they ended up having to pay $127 million due to their negligence and capitalistic greed. But that is what impressed me a little more. About Ooh, it's actually a really cute car. <laughs> minus the death trap. Yeah, minus the death trap. <laughs> that element of it. But yeah, that's why um, when it comes to pharmaceutical companies. It looks like a little pinto bean. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the name. Oh man, what a shitty company. Wow. Well, changes have been made since. and <laughs> Like legal changes probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that, that's what came to mind. And, and there was a similar case with Firestone Tires. Good times. So, I mean, maybe cyanide poisoning isn't the worst way to kill somebody. I'm bringing it yeah. back here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is if you kill multiple people, though. Did you hear about that baby powder scandal? No, what happened? Baby powder is apparently like what they were putting in it wasn't good. The company has been facing several thousand lawsuits from women who claim that they developed ovarian cancer after using their baby powder due to contamination with asbestos. And Damn. it is being discontinued globally in 2023. That sucks. Yeah, although it says Johnson & Johnson says they're miss information about the product safety so i don't know i haven't looked into it but i've heard baby powder is bad so we won't go too far into that and risk mm-hmm. a lawsuit from a big pharma but the not big pharma from whatever makes baby powder oh, it johnson is johnson johnson oh weird okay yeah that's where i got my leg they're not super great yeah, yeah, yeah. anyways so they also made a vaccine which causes oh my autism. gosh did you hear about the simply safe orange juice recall not recall thing no. too apparently it has like high levels of high toxic pfas like really high what's a pfa isn't it like it's like forever chemicals they cause cancer everything, everything causes cancer i know right it's, <laughs> we need more it, it's like super high levels and there's a bunch of like lawsuits going on right now because oh, it's plastic. Yeah, forever chemicals. Yeah. So, anyways, those are all company so things. It's, a, it's not yeah. people trying to murder you. Right, but that is what concerns me. Is you know, like we're having having some green tea right now. <clears throat> sponsor us, and there could be like carcinogen. They're not going to want to sponsor us after you say this sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there could be carcinogens in it due to it being a bad batch. Maybe well, he was exposed. Yeah, actually, you know? did you hear about Trader Joe's chocolate? No, what happened? Uh, it has high levels of lead or something. Yeah, like, see what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's so much trust we have to put in these manufacturers and producers of goods. Yeah. And we, but we also, like, what is the alternative? You can't, not everyone can just grow their own food. It, it's just, it's rough. yeah. Like, I would hate to just get the, get a, a bad batch of something get a life-threatening illness because of it spend all of my money trying to combat it and then be like cool i didn't do anything i just bought the wrong box of cereal one day yeah and then ultimately die anyways yeah well that's like the uh 
what girls? The radiation girls. Oh, the ra- radium. Radium, yeah. They've, yeah. they've like spent their whole lives trying to fight that lawsuit. And the company pretty much just tried to make it last longer than their lives. Yeah. For those of you who, who don't know. Um, We've gone over it in previous episodes. Yeah, but who knows if they're just turn, turning oh, in for the first time. fair point. Yeah. But the radium girls were a bunch of uh, female factory workers who were making um, watch dials using luminous paint. Right. And so they it, glowed. Yeah. It was really cool. You know, you could see your watch dial in the dark. It was super common then because it was like at the time of World War II. And if you're yes. in like a trench or something, you could still see what time it was. Yeah. I think it was World War One. World War One. It was, a, <laughs> it was one of the World Wars. Just after World War One. That's Okay, there you go. It was during the 20s, right? The Roaring 20s. Was it? I think so. Yes, it was. Okay. Roaring 20s. Yeah. But it was, you know, it looks really cool. And you can still find photos of the radium girls with like the, the, the radium, the, the paint. Mm-hmm. on their face what we didn't know at the time is that radium is uh radioactive yeah and they died from radiation poisoning yep in terrible deaths yes like, terrible deaths you guys should if you don't know the story you should look into it more it's really sad and it's got dark so anywho what our show about <laughs> murder got dark <laughs> let's let's can, why can't we have a happy murder <laughs> like uh what's a happy murder like somebody who a redemption story yeah i mean if, if, a redemption story yeah, yeah if it feels justified i think that's the closest you get to a happy murder okay yeah. i'll look at a redemption story yeah. the next time or if it's like extremely comical there's some of those too yeah it's like hard not to make fun of them you're yeah. just like what are you doing like, yeah. anyway well I, we can make fun of her yeah well yeah not bruce yeah like if or you're bad for like susan. bruce yeah or susan but her, I'm like, wow, you are dumb. Mm-hmm. Divorce him. You still get like half his stuff. I don't. What is the problem? I don't know. Yeah, people are stupid. So, yeah. anyways, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> that is the <laughs> not the Tylenol murders. <laughs> no. That what would is, you call her? What is, what is her moniker? Uh, the Auburn cyanide murders. Not as catchy as the Tylenol no, it's murders. Not. It's yeah. not as catchy at all. Well, that's the Stella, not Zinman from How I Met Your Mother Murders. No, it's Stella Nickel. Nickel. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening. We nailed it. Okay. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram, I guess. All right. Thank you. Thank you all. Bye for now. Bye.